birds, one stone, two birds, one stone. You're listening to Two Birds, One Stone, the podcast where you can literally ask us anything and we'll answer it with a combination of sincerity and sarcasm, leaving you either elated or filled with regret. You never know what you're going to get until you get it. Two green grass girls giving our take on the world. Strap in at Space Mountain, we hope you don't hurl. Turn up your dials, pour yourself some wine. If you listen to us, you'll be feeling divine. It may get real weird, but you'll feel rad and jazz. Sincerity and sarcasm with a dash of pizzazz. So send us your troubles and send us your woes. We'll open our mouths and we'll see how it goes. We will see ourselves out. We will see ourselves out. We will see ourselves Good morning. Good evening. Good, Good afternoon. afternoon. Oh, we nailed that. We did. We have been speaking in unison quite a bit. Smooth like butter. <laughs> so, it's been a minute, a min, as I like to say today, and, you know, nothing like just diving in the deep end and ripping off that band-aid, so the reason why we've been absent for so long is because my partner Toby who I've spoken about on this podcast uh, passed away very suddenly a little over two months ago and it's been it's been pretty fucking horrible (laughs) Um, so tonight we are gonna do something a little bit different and we're not going to do our normal format of Q&A. We are going to just kind of chat about grief and loss and what this experience has been like so far. It's still pretty raw, obviously. And kind of just let it let it tumble out and see see where we go. Before we kind of dive into that topic, um, we will <laughs> maybe just lube everybody up with some more lighthearted uh, things that have happened because, you know, with every tragedy there is comedy and and been trying to focus on those things and uh, not get not get drowned by the sorrow. So, um, yeah, why don't you tell them the big news? Oh, I've got real big news. It's what I've been waiting my whole life. <laughs> Your whole life. Before you knew me? Before I knew you, I was still waiting for it. Oh, jeez. Um, I moved into Andrea's house. We live together. We now live together on sure top do. of each other. My... <laughs> My room is upstairs. Like, please, clear, please clear that. Tanya's room is directly below mine. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so the day that Toby passed, I packed a suitcase um, with the intention of staying for a couple weeks, however long she wanted me, and I never went back. I never <laughs> spent another night at my house. No, you did not. You've been here ever since Nor- day fucking one. Nora Jones packed up her teeny tiny hobo sack. Yeah. She was ready for her new life. 
She's here now. She's sleeping on the couch. Uh, so there's been a lot of change, yeah, obviously. But uh, I just, I kind of knew early on that I didn't want to look down the barrel of the next year going through what I'm going through and being in like a four bedroom house alone. And, uh, it just, it all kind of worked out serendipitously. And luckily I was just, I was in a space where I was about to renew my lease and you know, I'm, I had no reason to not, do this and of course I wanted to she asked me on day two of me being here and I was like <laughs> I forced her to think about it because I was like listen you're going through a lot of trauma you're going to regret this I didn't think about it I knew no. <laughs> very decisive she's very steadfast in her decision making like she knows what she wants and she asks for what she wants so I just said of course and we figured it out. And what's happened to you since you've been here? What, what's changed? Ever, well, first of all, the weird thing is um, I have very, like, thin, straight hair. And ever since I moved in, it now dries in ringlet curls. <laughs> all of my plants have doubled in size after, like, staying the same since I've had them. I don't know what's happening. Sorcery. Being here in Canyon Rim is sorcery. Yeah, there's some weird energetic vortex yeah. that... I like to joke that Toby, his version of haunting me has just been perming my hair at night. Yeah, exactly. In the afterlife, he's just become a... Got nothing better to do, so just decided to become a hairdresser as a ghost. <laughs> you know, you got, like I said, you got to fucking uh, make you some to... jokes along the way. Otherwise, you'll just be a puddle for yeah. ever and ever. I certainly make jokes sometimes, and then people look at me, and they're like kind of confused about whether or not they should laugh, and I'm just like... If we can't have humor about hard things, we're not going to get through them. You must have levity. Even Yule Shakespeare. <laughs> this is a podcast about Shakespeare. It is. Early on, we, we did establish that. So yeah, we've given you what you want, which is Shakespeare references. We'll keep giving them to you as long as you need them. Why don't you tell them about our... Uh... Our other furry friends besides Nora Jones. I've got cats now. She's got cats. She's a cat lady, folks. So um, initially we hadn't recorded in a while because I had gone out to Connecticut. Toby was in the process of moving to Utah um, when we last recorded. And I went out there. We brought his cats back with us, uh, which are now my cats. And... um, it's been really comforting having them here and I've bonded with them very quickly and they are uh, very distinctive personalities. Uh, yeah. And Coco is an old old lady, 15 years old, little white calico and she's like the skinny little <laughs> skinny little thing. She's so sweet. And then Garfield who has a million nicknames but goo 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 is his he's gooing what you doing you gooing that's basically what we call him and he he looks like garfield the cat and he's like the smartest motherfucker and he eats lasagna and hates mondays (laughs) seriously he is he gets like moody he's i don't know he's just goo 
he has feelings about me. He does. Once Nora came along. Yeah. Nora stayed with a friend of ours for about two weeks just so that we wouldn't shock the cats with yes. that after everything. And Goo liked me. Goo liked me quite a bit. Like he I did. was at in the beginning I was like staying upstairs in Andrea's room with her and he would cuddle me and he was sweet. But as soon as I brought the fucking dog into the picture, there are times where Goo blocks the stairwell that leads down to my room. Um and I'm scared to go by him. He's a large, he's 17 pounds. He's formidable. And, but he's not aggressive, but he does, he'll hiss and bat at Tanya quite a lot. Quite a lot. But Most. like not with claws out though. It's just like, it's a gentle, soft paw bat. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> But, like, if I'm walking in the kitchen and I'm trying... The other day I was doing dishes, so I was, like, moving back and forth, like, washing them, putting them on the drying rack. And every time that I moved any sort any sort of leg movement that I made, he would just hiss at me and then, like, flap, flap, flap. Like, three hits. Like, it's like he's boxing me. I love it so much. It's... It brings... Here's the thing, though. Right now, whatever brings Andrea joy is my prerogative. So I purposefully will, like, walk by Goo so we... Beats yeah, and goo intimidating you is one of my favorite We gotta things. take the wins where we can find them right now, and if that makes <laughs> Andrea laugh, by all means, I'll be bullied by a cat. <gasps> He's the best cat. He's the best cat. <laughs> and Nora's very, they're just indifferent. The cats do not like Nora, but Nora barely sees them. Yeah. He, like she just, he fully, Erin, you know, and love her. She finally brought over her two dogs, and she's got large dogs. One's a husky, and one's a lab. And um, I didn't know how Goo was going to react to very large dogs. And he fully uh, lurched at the husky with his body, and she cowered under the coffee table. And then he just slowly took three steps towards her. <laughs> and then the next time that Sabi came over, she just like faced the wall she... <laughs> underneath Aaron's chair. So scared. And Goo just sat on the other side of the chair, just staring at her and yeah. just fully it's... like, you know, who's the boss here. It's. Andrea and Goo run the household, obviously, and Goo is very much like if Andrea was a cat, she'd be Goo. <laughs> she'd be gooing. So lots has changed. Lots has lots. changed. I can't even, I can't no, even talk. Just, I mean, both of our worlds turned upside down, obviously in different ways, but here we are together. Here we are forever and ever, at least for the next year. <laughs> <laughs> so we're really kind of... <laughs> winging it here um you know nothing like this has ever happened to me before I've lost people before but nobody um in this capacity so we just felt like it was the most honest thing to do the most authentic thing to do was just kind of talk about the experience and I'm not really sure where this conversation is going to lead or um what it's going to look like, but I guess we kind of just start from the beginning and sort of how it all felt. And, you know, I, uh, for those of you who have lost somebody, I'm sure you understand this, but sort of the, the initial um, impact of hearing words and, you know, I found out uh, Toby was in Connecticut when it happened, so I wasn't with him, um, which... 
I think was honestly a, a blessing. I didn't have to see him that way. Um, but I hadn't heard from him and basically contacted his neighbor and she was the one that found him and I was on the phone with her when she found him and, you know, hearing the words, he's dead, um, over the line was just, I didn't, didn't want to accept it. (laughs) Um, I initially, uh, just kind of hung up and called 911 and was just like, no, it's not possible. Like, it's not possible. It's not possible. And, um, I think I repeated over the phone to her, like, no, he's not about 20 times. Cause it was just like, it's, that's just, it can't be right. Um, and essentially realized in the moment, like that I could not be alone. And I texted Tanya and, um, she had happened like, you know, in the morning and she was still asleep and I kind of figured she was cause I knew she had a shift that day. And so I just got in my car and drove over and barged into her bedroom while she was like in a deep sleep and, um, yeah. not a great way to be woken up. <laughs> that's for sure. But you know, I've been woken up better ways, but I had, I mean, I had the exact same reaction. I think you walked in and just threw open my door and said, Toby's dead. And I think the first thing I said was, no, he's not. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's like immediate denial, you know, like, um, I was so glad that you came to me though. Yeah. I just didn't know what else to do. (laughs) It's just like, I can't, uh, I can't sit here by myself and, and try to process this and, um, be in this. And I, it was just, it was surreal, you know, just completely surreal. And that first day was like, a I weird, even though it felt like a total fog, like I remember it so vividly and the feeling and, um, you know, Tanya had to go to work. Our friend Aaron showed up and basically (laughs) swapped out. Exactly. And she was here with me all day and it was just, I basically just laid in bed, you know, I couldn't even move really. Um, just in shock. I think it's just, there's just such a, such a level of shock. Right. And the emotions, (laughs) every single emotion you can possibly imagine like all at once, you know, it's like a monsoon. (laughs) Um, those first few days were really hard. Yeah, they were, yeah, they were definitely some of the worst. Um, and you know, once it starts to kind of sink in, then it's just like, okay. Um, logisticals and pragmatics and you know I was his person so it's like I had to start thinking about what to do next and cremation and all these things that had to happen that you know are on my shoulders and I think I think it honestly was that was good like having things to do um was really good. Yeah. And 
I wasn't working, you know, I took some time off work and work was really great and gave me nearly a month off. And I, I think I, I needed like just logistical things to keep my mind busy and sort of distracted, you know? Yeah. What was it like for you those first few days? Um, it was really hard for me. I mean, to be perfectly honest, I have not really lost. I'm 36. It's amazing that I've never lost somebody super close to me. Honestly, I feel like Toby is the greatest loss that I've ever experienced too, as far as somebody I really cared about passing away. Um, he's always been like family to me and I love him deeply, but I think it was a little bit scary for me because I just didn't know what to do. Like I didn't have any experience I knew that I was going to be your person. I knew that I was going to be your main support through this. And I wanted to do that. And I wanted to do a good job. But I, I don't, you know, and still some days I don't always know what to do. Yeah. I think that's the hardest thing for people. Is, yeah. And people ask me that a lot, you know, like, I, or just say like, I would, you know, my mom and other friends, like, I wish I could take away the pain, even just a little bit of it. I wish there was something I could do. There's nothing to say. And it's just like, no, there's not. That's, that's the hardest thing is just like, you know, the, the burden is on my shoulders and nobody can take it away. It's just, a it's a fucking heavy heavy fucking lead blanket that you're dragging on top of you, you know, and, um, I'm sure that's extremely difficult for people who love me and care about me and wish that they could do something. And it's just like, just be, just be there, you know, just hold space. Yeah. And I think that was kind of the turning point for me. It was just like, maybe a week or two in, I was just like, I don't have to do anything. It's like, and I, I, I just try to pay attention to what you need and I can read you pretty well. But I'm like, one of my friends I think was just like, she doesn't need you to like be on top of this. Like she needs somebody who's just going to sit in the shit with her and just be there. Like you don't have to like worry about if you're doing enough. It's just being by your side. It's being present is the most important thing. And, you know, I... I think I I knew from past traumatic experiences in my life, like nothing to this level, but I knew after going through certain things that were extremely difficult that shutting people out was not something that served me in the past. And um, I've done that before. And everybody, that's the thing. It's like everybody deals with this shit differently. And if you ask one person or 30 people, they're all going to give you a different answer in terms of what that person needs. But the most important thing is to communicate to your people what you need, because some people need space and some people need you to be on top of them all the time. And it's, it's very specific to the individual. And for me, I needed people present and continue to need that. And, you know, sometimes obviously like I want my nights alone or we've, we've got a code word. We do. We so do. we have a, we decided to make a code word after like week one. Cause there was just like, I got really emotional one night. 
obviously she's not in a place to hold my emotions and we just had to basically like separate it's you know, the code word is for like we need to get the fuck away from each other in the kindest way I exactly. love you it's not personal but let's disperse I need my space or you need your space let's reconvene in the morning put it on the shelf and midnight society <laughs> it's midnight society which was so funny because we cho- we chose that word and then like two days later I was shopping somewhere looking for not even a gift for you for somebody else and there was one single solitary pair of Are You Afraid of the Dark socks. No other TV-themed socks from the 90s, just one pair of Are You Afraid of the... That's obviously where the Midnight Society reference comes from. But so, yeah, I mean, we're learning to live with each other, and one of those things was just like, we've got our little code word where it's just like... Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not personal, but... It's a safe, it's a safe word. <laughs> it's our safe word. Yes, yes. Very important if you live with somebody who you're good friends with. Highly recommend. Yeah. I think it was day day four or five. And, you know, I, I was trying to, I guess, just ground myself in something, right? I think that in these experiences, um, you can easily start to feel completely um, lost and sort of tumbling in a fucking black hole. And I was feeling that very intensely in the first week. And it did feel like I was being consumed. It really did. It was like, you know, um, the death of my partner and the death of our future, um, you know, the part of me dying as well, um, was a big, a big part of, of him dying. And that can feel (laughs) extremely overwhelming, um, and all consuming. And I just came up with this idea to, create a, (laughs) what I call a silver linings jar. Um, and essentially start this daily practice of one thing, writing down one thing that was either something positive that came out of this, because there's always something positive, even when it feels like there's not, or just something that got me through the day that brought me a little bit of joy. And I started doing that, um, after four or five days. And I think it's been like a really beautiful ritual for me. And I just wrote on the jar, you know, like these are my silver linings and they're basically things that tether me. So I am not swept away in a sea of sorrow. Cause that's what it felt like that I was being swept away. Um, and I needed to ground myself and not allow myself to be completely consumed by this. Um, and it's really easy to slip into that. I made my own jar too. <laughs> and the best part about my jar is that I was like, oh, I'm going to paint. I had, I had a spiritual visit with Toby that I 
included some clouds, so I decided to paint clouds on my jar. And then I realized after they painted them, like the way that I had oriented it like forward and wrote silver linings, the clouds looked like a weird set of titties. I did not see tits, but you know, you'll, you, you'll it like weird. you look at like a bottle and you're like, I see tits. <laughs> it was like weird cloud cleavage that I had created. And I just thought, you know what? Toby would love my titty clouds. I'm sure he would have. <laughs> yeah, but it's a really nice, it's a nice practice for me to just have a little bit of gratitude each day for little things. For sure. I think one of the, it'll be interesting. I've kind of just decided I'm going to, I'm just going to do this, um, at least for the next year. And I think it's just like a beautiful practice moving forward too. I don't know if I need to do it every day beyond that, but even if it's just once a week or something like that, you know, because I think we, we all get wrapped up in our day to day and our, the, the fucking hustle and bustle and, when somebody significant in your life dies, it, it's just like that scene in the movie, you know, where somebody's like standing in Grand Central, Central Terminal and like everybody's like running past them and like there's one person just kind of standing there completely still. And that's kind of what it feels like. It's like you see the world continue to pass, pass you, but everything can feel very still um, in the moment and it puts everything into such deep perspective. Agreed. It's, uh, it's, I mean, there's no, you know, no words that can really describe it. It's profound. It's extremely profound. Um, and I've never, you know, never experienced anything like this, but it, it really, it makes you so appreciative, you know, and how delicate and fragile everything is. And, you know, I've been blown away by um, the people that have showed up for me in so many different ways, in such beautiful ways. And um, sometimes it's just the little text messages of, hey, thinking about you and sending love and, you know, that's, that's great. <laughs> like just hearing that sometimes, you know, just to know that somebody's thinking about me and, and getting that support, but people have just been really wonderful and it's made me realize how just a grateful I am to have the community I have and my brother and sister-in-law flew out after the first week and they were just like we just want to be there for you and I hadn't seen my brother since before the pandemic and it was just like so wonderful to have have him here and <laughs> I had never I had never met her brother yeah. I mean we've been deep in this friendship I know and I got to meet her brother and her sister-in-law, and it was quite the experience. It was, and we know you're, oh, that was another funny thing is that, uh, like... You have to tell that story, <laughs> absolutely. I, I wrote it down in my notes. Paul, and, I know you're listening now because, so, he, I had not um, not told him about it because I, I have not come out to my family, to, like, my parents or anything in terms of my bisexuality, and, you know, I... 
certainly was not the way I just said to him was I, I was not hiding it from him at all. Cause I knew that he wouldn't care. Not that he wouldn't care, but that he wouldn't think of me differently or anything like that. Um, it was just that I didn't, I didn't feel like it was fair to give him information that I then was like, Hey, don't tell mom and dad, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, at least for the time being. And so anyway, uh, he threw a post about Toby passing and clicked on Tanya's Facebook and then was like, what is this podcast with somebody named Andrea? Is that my sister? Click, click, click. And then was like, oh, that is my sister. And then he just, he said he binge listened to every episode. And Can we appreciate the fact, though, that he started slipping I had been at work for like three or four hours they had landed they'd been hanging out so he said one thing and I was like oh I guess Andrea must have told him this like you know weird he made a reference to the jello shot competition and I just immediately like shot my head over and was like I didn't tell you about the jello shot competition and then he just started (laughs) chuckling and was like I may have found your podcast and then listened to every episode and I just go oh okay so you know I'm bisexual (laughs) Oh, and the best part was, is he's like, he's like, yeah, I really wanted to like blow this up earlier, but he's like, I was waiting for Tanya to get off of work so you could experience it together, which was very sweet of him. He'd been holding it in his back pocket for like three hours. (laughs) Yeah. Burning a hole in his back pocket. But yeah, one of my questions was, how long is it going to take for Paul to listen to this episode of the podcast? Um, he'll be listening to it tomorrow, I'm he's, sure. If we post it tonight, he's going to wake know. up out of a dead sleep and <laughs> pop in some AirPods. Yeah. It was, Hi, yeah. Paul. <laughs> see, Hi. You, see you in a month for Christmas. Hey, Polly. Hey, Polly. <laughs> hungry, hungry hippos. <laughs> that's another fun de- development. I am going to Alabama for Christmas. You are. Yes. I am. I'm, Tanya's coming home with me. Not, well, not home, I guess, but to my brother and, um, and Rachel, my sister-in-law, uh, to their home in Alabama with my nieces and my parents are coming down. So it's like a full Marcinko fair and Tanya's just going to be right in the middle of it. Well, I just asked, and I mean, this is kind of an interesting thing to talk about, like holidays are hard enough. And with losing your partner, I just, I asked Andrea, I'm like, tell me exactly what you need for the holidays. Like, what do you want for Thanksgiving? What do you want for Christmas? And you know, we just made it happen. So we'll be spending, I've got the same time off that she has for Thanksgiving. So we're having a lovely Friendsgiving and yeah. Flying to shoot me to Alabama for Christmas. New Orleans, driving to Alabama. Gonna go to Florabama. Florabama. If you know it, you know it. You don't. Shout out. <laughs> so it's gonna be, uh, yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. So I'm sure we'll have some, some good stories to Absolutely. tell. But uh, yeah, we when my when my brother was here, um, we had one late night around the fire that just turned into like a total cry fest. Oh God. And, singing songs and crying about lyrics and crying about family and just... I got so drunk (laughs) that I didn't plug my phone in. I was 45 minutes late for work. And then for half of the day, for some reason, I'd put my phone in airplane mode. So it was a night. It was a night. It was was a night, but it was good. We, uh, We processed through some shit and everything was so raw at that time. And it was good, though. It felt good. And... I'm very grateful. Yeah, very grateful. Grateful for for my family, 
grateful for my friends and community here who are like family and you know I I couldn't do it without without all of y'all you know so just endless gratitude yeah so just kind of on that same topic of of ritual and and setting some some type of structure intentions for um, yourself I've done actually two different burn ceremonies um, since Toby passed and uh, the first of which was with Aaron and my good friend T and Tanya was was working um, but we did a really beautiful um, burn ceremony um, that's kind of in the tradition of a Peruvian despacho and which Tanya thought I kept saying gazpacho. gazpacho. And I was like, you don't like tomatoes that much. Why are we drinking this cold soup? <laughs> and I'm like, no, no, no. Duh, despacho. Yeah. Um, Figured it out. <laughs> but Erin um, studied in some shamanic practices years ago and um, started just started the ceremony out by kind of opening the four corners and we created this really beautiful bundle of things, um, all kinds of things. Like Aaron had brought some things um, like leather for the body and some sunflower petals from her yard um, that kind of represented, you know, just sort of chasing the sun and corn kernels that she had harvested and um just a beautiful collection of sage and Palo Santo and uh, Apache tear and, and all these kind of wonderful things. And um, I wrote a, a message as well and uh, we put it all together and burned it, <laughs> burned it in a wheelbarrow of all things. It's, it was not a good, it was all we really had in the moment. And <laughs> it, uh, what it, happened to that wheelbarrow? It, well, it was kind of funny because it was like in the middle of this. So it took, we started the ceremony. It took about 20 minutes for the bundle to fully burn, um, which was quite a long time. And in the middle of the ceremony, I didn't even know. I was like in a trance, I swear, because I uh, didn't even notice that the rubber tire on the wheelbarrow exploded <laughs> during the ceremony. But um, afterwards, T and Aaron were both laughing and they were like, I feel like that was like Toby kind of just adding some levity to a very intense moment. But we had a bottle of scotch and Toby loves scotch and... So we, you know, took some for him and poured some into the, into the fire. And um, Aaron had a rattle that she that she shook uh, throughout it, and it was just like a really, um, really beautiful, touching. Twenty two minutes, you know, lots of tears and intensity, but it felt just like a, um, a really nice way to, kind of send him off. Um, at least in sort of the initial, the initial aftermath. Um, and then some friends of ours, um, just happened to be holding a similar kind of ceremony on, uh, Dia de los Muertos on Halloween and, um, had intended to already do that and, and, um, sort of dedicating it to those that they had lost as well. And so we, had another another ceremony um, 
little, you know, not even a month ago, I guess, just a few weeks ago. And at that point, it had been about six weeks. And, um, you know, we all sort of set intentions and into it before we burned. And at that point, which I think is something that I've been really sitting with since for the last three weeks is that this does not go anywhere. Loss, grief, it's not something that passes through you. Um, it's something that is with you forever. And, you know, I know intellectually over time, the pain will subside a bit and um, it won't feel as raw but there will always be a a hole in my heart and I will always miss him and that is something that you will carry with you for the rest of your life and I have been telling myself the last few weeks since we had that ceremony on Dia de, de los Muertos that I have to learn to live with it and um, asking myself how do I do that you know how do you how do you live with losing your partner and best friend and somebody that you intended to share your life with um, and I don't have all the answers now I'm, I'm trying to figure it out but Part of it is just to keep moving, you know, just keep swimming. You have to honor the emotion that comes up when it comes up. You cannot suppress that, but you also have to continue on with your life. Um, You have to continue on with giving yourself things that bring you joy And just sort of over time, I guess it's like a, uh, a massive scar that just is created, um, as kind of part of this healing, you know, I was trying to find some, just some words or some quotes that resonated with me about grief and loss. And (laughs) there are a lot out there obviously this is part of our human condition um we all will die and we all will experience loss and grief in our lives and um to varying degrees and so you know there were two two quotes in particular that resonated with me the most in terms of um what I was feeling and One of them was, grief is like discovering a great hole in the ground. To begin with, you forget it's there and keep falling in. After a while, it's still there, but you learn to walk around it. And think that's part of the learning to live with it, you know, that it does not go anywhere. It is always there, but you learn to manage it better, um, it becomes a part of you, you know? It's a, you know, it was Aaron that said this to me, like, this is your new relationship with Toby. Um, There's still a relationship with him after death. 
it just looks very different. Um, and then the other one that I, that I found was, uh, grief is really just love. It's all the love you want to give but cannot. All of that unspent love gathers in the corners of your eyes, the lump in your throat, and in the hollow part of your chest. Grief is just love with no place to go. And that really <laughs> struck a chord. Um, I think that that's probably the thing that has been the most obvious throughout that is that there is, yeah, there's just so much love. There's so many um, un unresolved feelings and, you know, experiences that we'll never have and a life that we'll never have and a family we'll never have and all these, these things that were supposed to be ours that now just won't be. Um, and trying to come to terms with that. Where do you put, where do you put all that love? You know, it builds up. And there's nowhere to put it. So, yeah. <laughs> if you thought we were going to get through this without crying. Oh, then. <laughs> fully before we started, I was like, we're both going to cry. <laughs> yeah. Like, if you haven't already, please pour yourself a very tall drink. <laughs> get out your tissues. Do you need a tissue? Yeah, I may. Okay. We need to pause for a pause quick tissue break. <laughs> Stop we just started. We just started uh, <laughs> scheming out what we were going to talk about next, and Tanya said, "Do you want me to tell my story first to break up the monotony?" And I was like, "Oh, the monotony of me talking." <laughs> Look and listen. <laughs> this is obviously going to be a very Andrea-centric episode. It's her story. I'm just. I am a supporting actress in it. <laughs> But I just thought, you know, it's like maybe she wanted a break. Maybe her no. throat is getting sore. Her vocal cords are fried. Never. <laughs> They're strong, strong like uh, bull. Read, read your damn quote. All right, okay. Tee so me up. One more quote that kind of leads us into what we're going to talk about next, which is sort of the uh, the spiritual side of all of this. And this is a quote by uh, Rumi. If you don't know him, fuck off because you really should. My balls. <laughs> and I actually read this um, at uh, Toby's service as well. It was part of the, the eulogy that I gave. Goodbyes are only for those who love with their eyes because those can't even fucking say it. Okay. Let me, let me start from the top. Let me rewind, reverse. Take two. Goodbyes are only for those who love with their eyes because for those who love with heart and soul, there is no such thing as separation. So that being said, we've had some interesting, uh, well, we'll just call them ghost stories, I guess. Yeah. Um, it's spooky corner. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't you, yeah, why don't you start and talk about yours? Um, I started having, it only lasted for probably like the first like week or so that I was here and had like moved into the basement where, like, I could never remember exactly what I dreamt about, but I kept having dreams about Toby, which is not the crazy part of the story, but just, like, it was always there. I mean, and also not to mention I don't want to go too back in time. I'll let you tell your story before I... 
Anyways, oh, I just fucked that up. Just start it from the top. No, just keep rolling. <laughs> what did you fuck up? Fine. Well, I was... <laughs> so, I was picking Andrea and Aaron and our friend T up from the airport. They had been gone. And um, it was shortly after Toby had passed. And I was on the phone with my sister. I hadn't talked to her in a very long time. And all of a sudden, I just hear the TV. And we have an Apple TV in the basement. And it's just going off it's just hulu netflix volume up volume down like going cycling through all of these commands accessibility mode yeah it was in like accessibility mode and it was just like somebody was like flipping through it voices over basically what you're doing like if you're blind or um i don't know what other scenarios it's used for but (laughs) yeah i don't know But, so it started flipping through, like, all of these options, and then, like, the Apple TV was, like, talking, and I was, like, on the phone with my sister, and I was, like, I need to go check this out, because I think I was, like, in my room folding laundry or something, and when I went out, it stopped immediately, and then it flipped to a screensaver of, like, heavenly clouds, and it lasted for, like, 15 minutes, and then the TV just shut off. Oh, no, it went to the... Earth. Oh, well, yeah, it went from the 15 minutes of the clouds, and then it cut to, like, a, you know, the view from a space station, like, looking at Earth, like, kind of... From space. Yeah. Which seems quite, uh... And then it just shut off, and I was like, oh, that was spooky, and then I had to go, like... We can confirm that there were no animals that turned the fucking Apple TV on, nobody was in the room, and didn't you say, also, when you went in there, you got chills down your spine yeah i i like went and like grabbed the remote and was trying to figure out like what had happened and i like bent over to do something and it's just like the coldest cold i've ever felt that just like went up my neck and made like all of my hairs and it but it was not threatening it was peaceful it was you know it was like this happened while you were on an airplane flying back to salt lake city and Then I picked them up from the airport and I was like, don't say anything, Tanya. Don't do that thing where you have to. I'm like, this is a sensitive time. And I think I made it like halfway home and I was like, I had a really weird experience. (laughs) Oh, no, I think I actually how I worded it was, does your TV ever just turn on by itself and do a bunch of stuff? Like, no, what are you talking about? Uh, yeah, I told, when I told my mom that story and she just goes, oh, Andrea, that was Toby. And I was like, yeah, I know. I was like, I know. He couldn't figure out what the fuck he wanted to watch. (laughs) I was like, I know it was. um, Pick a show and stick with it. Yeah. There've been a lot of just like interesting things like that. I mean, I guess like kind of, again, starting from the top, um, one really fucking weird thing, which I've. You know, if you've listened to this podcast, you know I've talked about my dreams and my dreams not dreams, like all that shit. And uh, so Toby passed away kind of in the middle of the night between a Tuesday and Wednesday. And um, Sunday night, I had a very vivid dream that he and I were on a plane together and the plane crashed and we died together in the dream and went to an afterlife and there was a whole scene of the afterlife and planning where we were going to build our house in this afterlife. And I told Tanya about it, um, Monday, Monday. 
and uh, was like, yeah, how fucked up is that? And then I don't even think I rem- It was maybe a week after Toby passed that I remembered and I was like, oh my God, what the fuck? Like, I mean, if that wasn't prophetic, I don't know what was, you know, it was, uh, as I said before, like part of me died that day as well. So it just, yeah, just pretty spooky. Um, I would say maybe, what was it, day two or three after um, my, sometimes like when I'm really tired or stressed, I get uh, like an eye twitch, Um, that's pretty normal, or even sometimes like my cheek will twitch randomly or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, And a few days in, my, the space in between my eyes, like where your eyebrows are, started twitching and I think like initially I didn't really think anything of it and then it just sort of was like a light bulb went off like oh that's my third eye my third eye is twitching and it twitched for a while I don't even remember how long it was like 10 days or so um, just a long time off and on and I looked it up and it was just like yep that's basically your psychic center and communing with spirit with spirit, with energy, you know, I, I mean, he's, yeah, he's definitely been in this house a lot. Um, I haven't. The cats, the cats know. Well, just goo goo. Just goo. I mean, Coco has. Coco's a little bit of an airhead. Peanuts for brains. <laughs> oh, sweet girl. Sweet, sweet Coco. Uh, goo. And what's, re- that's another interesting thing is that night that Toby passed away, which I obviously at the time did not know um it for some reason that night I could not fall asleep and I was up until like almost two in the morning which is late for me like on a school night and um goo was making this weird noise like looking up in the air and making this kind of like gurgling noise I'm like what is he doing and looking back on that I'm like I think I think like at whatever point Toby passed away, like his energy was here. He came immediately here and um, Goo picked up on it. (laughs) And he's done that. Uh, He did it a lot in the first few weeks and specific parts of my house. Um, It's always like a corner. It's in a corner. He looks up in the air. He makes this noise. Um, It's very specific and intentional and... Now he's like, I don't know, he doesn't do it as often. He's done it maybe like once a week or something the last few weeks. But yeah, I, I haven't really, I've, I've, been, I've been visited by spirit before and felt like very specific connection with people I know who have passed and, and sort of the assimilation of what they're feeling, I guess, is the best way I can describe it, where you just, you know exactly who it is, you know what they're feeling, it's very specific. I haven't felt that with Toby yet. I think that, I think I've had a little bit of, like, an energetic barricade around myself. Um, I don't think I'm ready for that, Uh, but what I did feel is somebody had told me that, um, I guess in certain traditions, they say that the third day after somebody passes is the most like open time that energy may um, 
spirit may connect with you. And that night, that third night, I was like, sort of like exhausted, hadn't been sleeping and just, um, I felt all night long something like I couldn't like take a deep breath. It just felt like kind of panicky and I wish I could remember what day it was that remember when I started having a panic attack yeah. in your bed and I was trying to be like very cool about it. And I'm like, what's going on? And I was like trying to be like, all right, just breathe. Like yeah. don't let her know. And yeah, it was just like a suffocating. Yeah. And that's probably kind of, around the same time. It was probably around the same time. Yeah. Cause yeah. and I haven't like, honestly, like we've been through a lot, but I haven't had that feeling since I haven't had like a panic attack. Yeah. It was pretty, <laughs> It was pretty intense, but I just felt that's not a normal feeling for me. So it just, it felt like an assimilation of, of his energy and just kind of the feeling of like, you know, leaving before he wanted to, right. Um, and leaving me behind. So, uh, what else? Oh, we've, I was going to say that I had a dream last January during try January where I always remember my dreams because I'm sober for 30 days. Yeah. And, um, I had a dream and like, it looked a little bit different, but essentially the core of the dream. And I never told Andrew about this. Cause I just like, I don't know. I just didn't like, I didn't want to like be like, Hey, I had a dream that Toby died. And I had a dream that Toby died. And in the dream, um, when I first met Andrea, we lived very close to each other. Um, I lived up the street and in the dream that I had, I was living in that house and she was living here and Toby passed away and I moved in with her. And this was like last January, right, eleven months ago. Yeah, yeah. Again, and I just like prophetic. Yeah, I just didn't want to be like, "Hey, I had a dream that your partner died and we lived together." It just didn't seem like. Yeah, that's just just not coincidental. It's like when things like that happen, it's just like there's some. I mean, I was on a hike and all of a sudden I was like, "Holy shit, that dream!" Like I hadn't thought about it. Like you just kind of store it in your recesses and. This is a podcast about dreams and about, well, yeah, Shakespeare, obviously. And we cry. And about, yeah, from now on, we're just going to cry every fucking episode. And it's also about um, how time is not linear and it's... It is not. We we can transport between times and we all exist constantly in other times and parallel universes. Sure. That's what this podcast is about from now on. It's very simple. I don't understand why you're not following. How else can you explain like having fucking prophetic dreams like that? I mean, it's, yeah, yeah. it's inexplicable. Uh, Yeah. The other, the other interesting thing that happened was um, in October, it's like a few weeks after uh, Toby passed and Tanya and I had gotten tickets months ago. Oh my God. To that this story. concert. Yeah. Shovels we and Rope. Yeah. I we went and saw this band Shovels and Rope and, um, I figured it'd be a little bit raw and emotional as it was, you know, Toby loved music and, um, and we had seen a lot of live music together. And so it felt, you know, it just felt very fresh and all of that, but I still wanted to see the show and we went and it was lovely. And I think I, I cried just like on the second song cause it was just trigger. Everything at the time was yeah triggering the tiniest of 
bringing back Coco from the vet and listening to Indigo Girls and then like, I'm in love with your ghost came on and I was like, fuck. Galileo Indigo Girls. Galileo came on. I was crying to that. Like, you know, mm. how, how. Yeah, maybe stay away from the lesbian folk music scene for a bit, Andrea. I, it was just, it was like every lyric. I was just like, I somehow can tie this back even if it doesn't have any. Anyway, so. We're at this show, and uh, they sang like all original music the entire. Yeah. We knew show. very yeah, we knew very little of their music, and we're yeah. pleasantly surprised. And and had they're a great yeah, time. very like folk yeah, folky um, like kind of I don't know blue like a little bit of bluegrassy twang I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, they came back on for an encore, and you know I mean I feel like most bands play at least two songs in an encore or three and. Anyway, they come back on and they start singing a cover of Lou Reed's Perfect Day. And that song was a very specific song for Toby and me that we had had a whole story around many, many years ago when we first started dating and we had like spent this afternoon on the beach in Malibu. It's when I still lived in LA and it was uh, this glorious day and (laughs) the song came on and we like sat in the sand and sang it looking at the waves and we had like a little picnic and we were drinking beers and it was like as soon as the song ended, these cops came up on ATVs (laughs) and they're like, what are you drinking? And we're like, beer. And they're like, well, you can't drink beer. And it just... Gave us tickets for drinking beer on the beach and kind of just put this whole rain cloud over this gorgeous day. And so it became kind of this like jinx phrase and jinx song for us, like for a decade where it was just like every time that song came on or if we'd be like doing something and one of us would be like, gosh, it's been a perfect day. And be like, no, shut up. We can't I say said it that. today when we were hiking. I know. And I was like, shut the fuck up. You can't say that. I know. We went to brunch and then we're hiking and it was like snowing lightly and beautiful. And I was like, I feel like we're having a perfect day. And Andrew was like, absolutely not. I was like, shut up. Universe, don't listen to what she has to say. So they started singing that song and I just like, I lost it. And Tanya didn't remember the story specifically, but she had remembered that that was like a song that meant something. And it just felt so, I'd never like, I'd never heard a band cover that song before. It's obviously a pretty old song. They played no other covers. They played no other covers. It's not even their genre of music. And it just felt like it was, it was just a fucking message from Toby, you know, like. In, a, in the most unexpected way. Uh, yeah. This, uh, I heard like two notes and I was like, oh, fuck. Here we go. Yeah, it was just, it was a, it was a sob fest. For I just immediately just was like. Just like standing t- outside the concert venue, just like, let me call my lift. And my, I'm just like crying, crying. People are walking by me. It's just it's like, fine. I don't I give a like, shit. I don't give a shit either. I was just like, <laughs> yo, we're crying. I'm going to hold her over here. Yeah, we crying. <laughs> yeah, we cry. <laughs> We having some tears. I think it was, you know, I remember it was just you, me, and Aaron sitting around the table here within the first few days. And I remember saying to you guys, because um, I've, you know, like I said, I've had enough trauma in my life and gone through things in the past. And one of the things I was most fearful of and I guess one of the things that felt the most daunting which still does to some degree is you know 
in the immediate aftermath, everybody shows up and everybody shows up beautifully. And I'm not discounting that at all. It is wonderful. It is fucking necessary. Um, you know, it's, it's like the lifeblood that you need charged through you, but people must go on with their lives and, you know, people can't necessarily continue to show up for you on a daily or even weekly basis. And my fear was like not week one or week two or week four. It was like, what happens in week seven? What happens in month four and month seven, you know, and once you're, cause like, like I said before, this is just with you now. And this is something you have to carry and, you don't want to be a burden, but it's also just always with you and people get back to their lives. People obviously know that you're still like in the shit, but people kind of, you know, they don't disappear, but <laughs> they fade away. They fade away. They fade away. And that initial um, show of force uh, dissipates and, you know, and as expected, that has happened, and I don't discount, like, as I said, the support that showed up for me in the immediate, and people still check in, and there are still, like, the core people who are there consistently, obviously, you included, every fucking day. <laughs> what? <laughs> and, um, but it's hard. It's hard, you know? It's like you wake up every morning, you go through your day, it's there, it's there, it's there, right? Um, and so I guess that being said, you know, I've, I've obviously been talking a lot and I know you guys love my dulcet tones, but... Yeah, you do have a good voice for podcasting. <laughs> I've got a, such a good face for it too, if only you guys can see. <laughs> yeah, 11 out of 10 over here. <laughs> but I guess, you know, I'm sure people, a lot of people haven't necessarily gone through this or maybe there are people that are listening that want to know what it's like on the other side of it to support somebody through this and how that's looked for you and what your perspective is. I mean, I think that my main lesson that I learned pretty early on within the first like week or two is that, I mean, my initial reaction was just that like, I did not care about myself. Like nothing was about me and that was pretty valid in that time and space. But if you are going to kind of sign on and be somebody's primary person and helping them walk this terrible path, you absolutely cannot forget to take care of yourself. I was just being stupid. Like I wasn't not eating. I wasn't eating. I was, I was just like, like making her sandwiches before she could. I would, I'm like, take this fucking sandwich and well, eat no, it. Well, no, and please. that's, yeah. <laughs> so I wasn't like taking good care of myself. I wasn't getting good sleep. And I kind of reached a breaking point where I was like, oh my God, like if I don't take care of myself, there's no way I can take care of Andrea. So, you know, realizing that self-care was incredibly important, um, and I mean, I think that Andrea and I are actually just like, we are very lucky that we communicate very well. So, I mean, I think I've just learned to like, if I see you get in an emotional space that instead of just like reacting and doing, because we have such different 
love languages and styles. (laughs) Like I, my reaction is if Andrea like starts crying is that I'm going to go like hold her about it. And she's probably like, do not touch me. Yeah. You've already, you've already touched my arm a few times during this. I did. I I touched her arm a couple of times. That's okay. (laughs) You'll allow it. I allowed it. (laughs) I appreciate the intention. It's just, it's my, I know, I know it is. I appreciate it. I just want to be like, Hey, I'm here and I'm connected to you. But um, asking, like just asking you, like there's, I don't know, like one time last week, like we did yoga and then he started crying in Shavasana and I'm just like, what do you need? Do you need anything? And a lot of the time you, you don't, you just need me to be there. You just need me to sit with you. You need me to be in the same room and that's fucking fine. Yeah. So definitely not being afraid to just like very simply ask you what you need. And thank you. One million thank yous. Yeah. Tanya's been amazing and shown up in all the ways that anybody would ever need. So I wouldn't have it any other way. I'm just... grateful. And to you, it's, gosh, now I'm going to cry. Okay. My turn. It's okay. You got your tissue there. <laughs> I do have my tissue, but I just want to say that you, I'm so proud of you and you're so strong. And I'm here to support you, but you hold yourself up pretty well. And that I love you. And I would choose this reality for us 100 times over. Even if it's hard, even if it's messy, even if, you know. Yeah. I wish I could change the circumstances, but I can't. But there's absolutely no place that I would rather be than by your side. It's a blessing to be, I consider myself like all the time I think about it, I just think, what a fucking blessing that I'm the person you want beside you. (laughs) And it's really just like my fucking honor to be that person. And you've been my ride or die for a long time now and seen me through a lot of shit. So to pay it forward is the greatest. Now that we've cried, <laughs> bared our souls, uh, we just we want to I think bookmark this with a few a few gems, m- yeah, moments of levity that have happened because drink every time she says levity. <laughs> it's really important, you know? know, and and I feel like it's also like an honor to Toby too because. He and I always talked about that as well. And uh, when his mom died last year and we went over to England, there were a lot of those. And you've got to really appreciate it, you know, because it's, it's so necessary. It's so necessary to allow in humor and laughter and, like, let that fucking light in because otherwise, like when, I said, yeah. it's just a sea of sadness. So... That being said, we wanted to share a few little moments and experiences we've had over the past couple of months that have brought in some some joy and laughter. <laughs> um, why don't you start with uh, your... Because Tanya's got a, a new job. She's working at a brewery. And... I do. I've been <laughs> in the brewing game for a long time. And um, basically, when I... There are some days that I just know that Andrea is having a hard day, so I'll just kind of kindly suggest to her that she should maybe 
come sit with me. Come sit at my bar, um, which shall not be named, because what I'm about to tell you is that um, nothing that we do is essentially gluten-free. So she brings a purse cocktail. And by purse cocktail, <laughs> I mean she showed up one night with guava juice, <laughs> lime juice, pineapple juice, tequila. Am I missing anything? It was like, oh, Two things. Sparkling of, water. Sparkling water. Our ice machine was broken. So she brought, brought my own ice. She brought her own ice. And basically she had like a traveling bar in her purse. <laughs> like Mary Poppins tequila cocktails. I also love how every time I come, there's like a specific spot I like at the corner. And Tanya has a tiny sign that says reserved and she puts it there for me. I do. And other customers come and they look at it. Like, cause I don't think people are used to going to a bar and seeing like a tiny reserve sign. And they'll be like, oh, oh, I guess we can't sit here. It's reserved. And I'm like, yep, I'm really sorry it is. Yep, move over. Sorry. <laughs> so it's just like with it... With all of this happening, like, all of this concurred with me getting this new job. So, like, the people that I'm close to at work have really, like, actually supported me and been awesome. Like, knowing that there's a lot going on at home. And one coworker, Lynn especially, she is just salt of the earth. <sighs> Bless her goddamn heart. Precious woman. It was just like, she's always like, how is Andrea? How is Andrea? No, she is so lovely. She's so lovely. And Lynn, we- you've never listened to this podcast, but I hope you're listening to it now. And we love you. We do love you. But um, so there was one night in particular, Purse Cocktails, where um, we decided, Andrea's like, well, we're already downtown. Like, what are we doing next? So we took a lift and went to this bar downtown in Salt Lake and had like two drinks. But what an adventure. So we got into the lift. We got into the lift and immediately like Lynn was up front. She was up front. We put her up front. There was a little, the, the man, the lift driver had this little um, Pikachu. Pikachu stuffed animal in his dashboard. Yeah, like in the corner of the windshield. Yeah, and Lynn just kept, she was like, I just wish this dog could talk. And she's like, I just, I don't know. I just, I wanted to say something. I wanted to say, yip, yip. <laughs> and this guy was just cracking up. And then she was like, I'm so sorry, guys. I just made that. And we're like, please don't apologize. I love every second of this. Yeah. And we're like, so it's funny. not a dog. It's a Pikachu. And she's like, what's a Pikachu? <laughs> Bless her heart. We've had some good times with Lynn. So good. So good. And then also there was, Halloween happened. We went to a friend of ours party and... We really just, like, we were not, we'd been through the ringer, so we were not, like, in the mood to, like, queue up some costumes, and the one costume that I had was the pigeon lady from Home Alone 2 Lost in New York, because last year on Christmas, I didn't have anything to do, so I dressed up as a pigeon lady and chased birds around Sugar House Park, like you do. So, so I was like, well, if you're going to be that, then I'm going to be Kevin's mom, I'm going to be... Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. What's her... Kate McAllister. And so I just like the morning of Halloween just like... I cannot even. (laughs) We we need to post that on our Instagram. Oh my God. It's so horrifying. I went like I went to the wig... In in under an hour had my entire costume. Like went to the wig store, got like a red wig, went to Savers, got like a giant men's suit jacket (laughs) and this like ugly (laughs) scarf and basically my costume was was born... So we had to like cut the wig. So Tanya had to like cut the wig. And so I had it on and she was just like chuckling to herself. For some reason, we both had the dumbest moment of all time, which was we thought we could 
curl an acrylic wig with a hot iron and it just burns. It just starts to melt. It just melted like the fucking wig onto the curling iron. We're like, what is wrong with us? So we had to cut those bangs off, but it I put so much fucking hairspray in that wig. It was just like this weird helmet on my head. Uh, crowning moment of the night was anytime she just put her hands to her face and said, I like I walked downstairs to show Tanya the full thing before we left and she just looked at me and she said, You know, normally like you look you look nice, you look attractive. I've never seen you look so unattractive. And I was like, yeah, no shit. I'm not looking to get laid tonight. So I guess it doesn't really matter. I looked horrifying. Yeah. I think I said, like, I'm like, on a baseline, I find you pretty attractive most of the time. I've never been less attracted to you. I think were my exact words. Yeah. It's really, really extra. My mom didn't. My mom just goes, I sent her a picture. She's like, I didn't even recognize it was you I had to look closer and then I saw your dimples or something like that I was like (laughs) sounds like Kyle oh god so that happened um Aaron has brought some wonderful moments of levity drink again yep I'm going to hold on the uh aforementioned trip that Tanya was talking about um Aaron got got whiskey drunk we never see her drunk she just no, she doesn't. She just doesn't drink that much, and so she got whiskey drunk in this in this like restaurant bar, and got like weirdly attracted to like the thirty three year old male bartender. She's so gay. She's so gay, guys. She's so gay. She got dick curious after. And she was just like, I don't know, he's pretty cute. And I'm like, come on. And then she, when we got back to the hotel, she was like. I gotta walk the halls of the hotel. I'm too drunk. I gotta walk this off. And so she just like walked out and weirdly like. I remember you texting me and being like, I don't know if she knows what she's walking the halls of the hotel. I love that text so much. I'm just like picturing Aaron drunk power walking through like a. She forgot all of like a Marriott. Yeah, she forgot all of her toiletries. And so she bought, um, she bought like a men's razor to shave her legs. And I was like, are you sure you want to buy a men's razor? She's like, it's the same razor. It's the same razor. I'm like, all right, it's cheaper. It's cheaper. The pink tax, the pink tax. I'm like, okay, okay. And so she shaved her legs and then just came out of the bathroom (laughs) and had like 87 cuts all over her legs. Like so much blood, blood on the, she tried to hide the bloody towel like under, I was like, nope, I see that bloody towel. There's blood on the sheets. There's just blood everywhere. Cut her legs so many times. Uh, Bless her heart. Aaron, Aaron has been amazing. I feel like Aaron's my second in command of like absolutely. You when guys I have steered this no and like shit ship. No, and it's been amazing that I know like sometimes I leave you to go to work and I really don't want to go if you've had like a bad day and it's just like then I can like text Aaron and be like, hey, maybe just uh, yeah. She takes the bait every time. I'm like, maybe just text Andrea. Maybe you can go over and let me take a little walk, cook some dinner. Captain of the shit ship, Aaron's first mate. Yeah. First officer. It's important. If you're if you're on a shit ship, make sure you got a crew. <laughs> yeah, seriously. You don't want to be... You don't want to be mopping that poop deck along. <laughs> Is that what it's called? You really were waiting to <laughs> say poop deck, weren't you? I totally forgot that that's what it was called until it came out of my mouth. It was not pre... The old poop deck. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to be mopping up the poop deck, On make sure you get a crew. <laughs> I feel like that's a perfect place to stick yeah. a pin in it. We've. I know, I know. There's There's been more moments, but, um, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll save those for another time. So, 
we uh, we appreciate everybody's patience as we've had to um, navigate through the immediate aftermath of this, and it will continue to be kind of a a roller coaster and an emotional minefield, as I've called it. Um, you know, it's there's no. I say there's no book on this, but there's like a million books on grief, but there's no personal book on how you deal with this. And so I'm, I'm writing my, I'm writing in my own personal book on how to not literally just figuratively. I'm like, you I'm guys like, are it like, releases on, where's the on copy? 2022. Yeah. No, there's no, there's no book. No. And I just, I'm really glad that we just had an open and honest conversation about grief and what's happening. And it I mean, felt, it's felt cathartic. It felt cathartic for me too. And I mean, yeah, I mean, it's Andrea's journey. Absolutely. But to walk it with her is a unique experience. So it's in the moment when I saw one, one set of footprints in the sand. (laughs) Okay. It was when you held me in your arms. (laughs) All right. Oh, she feeling herself now. So, you know, you can all be worried about Andrea, but she's still feeling herself and patting herself on the back. So don't worry too much. I have my moments. <laughs> all right, y'all. We'll see our... We'll, we'll see ourselves out. Wow. Wait, should we actually tell people to write in questions, though? Oh. Yeah. Yeah, you know. I don't... I, don't make me talk about it right now. You know where, you, where, where to go. We've said it before. If you forgot, listen to another episode. We give you all the details. But yes, send us questions. We will be, I think we'll, we'll definitely record another episode before uh, Christmas and give you guys some, some more structured content to listen to. Um, Two birds, one stone pod at gmail.com. Okay, you're still going <laughs> to. That was it. I just, I'm not even letting them know that the two and the one are numbers. Oh, and as we said before, actually, please uh, rate and subscribe because that is, please and thank you. Yeah. That's a big thing. And, and tell your friends and, um, you know, it's something we love to do, but we'd love to reach larger audiences if possible. So thank you in advance for your support. (laughs) All right. All right. We'll We'll see see ourselves ourselves out. out.